This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 141. Let me tell you a little secret. Of the in-between podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina M. Talking about secrets. We have no secrets in our home. (laughs) But in today's interview, you are going to learn about a parenting secret that'll change everything. Yes, today we are interviewing Dave and Ann Wilson. You may be thinking, hey, I've heard that name before. Mm -hmm. Yes, because they have been on our podcast previously talking about Vertical Marriage, their book in 2018 that came out. But this time they are going to be joining us and talking about their newest book, No Perfect Parents, Ditch Expectations, Embrace Reality, and Discover the One Secret That Will Change Your Parenting. Yeah, this interview was such a blast. Yeah, we were laughing. Oh, You'll hear my us. Goodness. I'm going to have to turn down the editing as I'm like <laughs> laughing, like yeah, yeah. barely laughing. Y'all know how I can get up there. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I mean, they are absolutely the best. They are hilarious, and you can tell the amount of experience they have in speaking, in and, but in speaking vulnerably about their lives and what they've learned, they themselves say multiple times on this episode that they are not perfect, that they are not experts, but boy, do they have a ton of wisdom mm-hmm. that we've gleaned and we are excited to share with you as well. So if this is your first time hearing about Dave and Anne, we'll tell you a little bit more about them. So they are the authors of Vertical Marriage and No Perfect Parents. Additionally, they tour around as speakers and are radio hosts of the nationally syndicated radio show Family Life Today. But it's their singular passion for enriching lives through spreading the word and wisdom of God that truly defines them. Awesome. Well, let's listen in. Well, welcome back, Dave and Ann. We're so glad to have you on our podcast again. We are glad to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. We're excited to be with you guys again. <laughs> yeah, well, we moved countries. COVID happened. Uh, you guys transitioned out of your church. We're transitioning into our church. So lots have happened. The journey is yeah. happening. Exactly. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and, and last time you were on, and, and we'll link to this in the show notes, uh, we were talking to you about your, at that time, new book, Vertical Marriage. Uh, so, but this time, what we were wanting to do is, man, you guys are just like pumping out material, and, <laughs> with and your, so good. Yes, so it is so good. Us. And yeah. and today we want to talk to you about your newest book, No Perfect Parents. Right. So, um, really, we want to unpack that and and the parenting secret that changes everything, really, from this book, uh, No Perfect Parents. So, before we dive in, we'd love to just hear a bit about your family and a story that proves you guys aren't aren't perfect parents. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, maybe I should start there then, because I'm the least perfect of the two of us. No, it's two imperfect Uh, parents. And our kids are perfect, though. I don't know how that happens. Nope, they're not. just, Just put it down that none of us are perfect. We have three kids, three sons, actually, who are now all married. Um, we have six grandkids 
And so it's been interesting, this process of having adult kids, because these adult kids have now come back and told us, this is how we're not so perfect. <laughs> yeah. but we, honestly, yeah, wait, I, I would say, wait till your kids are adults. But, There's going to be some interesting conversations. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it's been awesome because they feel the freedom to come back and tell mm. us. And because we are so appreciative of that, we actually ask, ask them to write in our book at the end of chapters just to say, hey, if you guys could comment on whether this worked or it didn't work or what you wish would have happened, we'd really appreciate that. So that part was really fun. And we've learned a lot. I feel like our family has gone even deeper because of their honesty. Mm. Dave, how about you? You want to add another story to that? <laughs> oh, I have yeah. a story. Though, <laughs> okay. I, we want to hear it all. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave, um, this is when our kids were little. Uh, I can't even remember. I think that they were four, seven, and nine. And uh, it was one of those days where it's as a mom, I kind of worked part-time. So I'm home a lot with the boys. It had been just a rough day. Ended rough with three little boys. Anybody with all sons knows it is chaotic <laughs> and loud and you're exhausted. And they happened to be fighting a lot that night. I have a son with ADD and he was, tr I was trying to get him to do his spelling words. And I'm telling you, it was just fighting, screaming. I'm trying to correct them. But the whole time I'm thinking, why isn't Dave home yet? Like, where is right. he? And, um, and that's why <laughs> I was <laughs> probably <laughs> so anyway, something happened. They broke something. CJ knocked something over. The boys are screaming, punching each other, fighting. And I got so frustrated because like nothing is going the way they, that I want. And I was like, I just said, Oh my gosh. And I just kind of yelled that I kicked the wall and my foot went into the wall, <laughs> creating this giant hole. And now, of course, I have these three boys, all eyes are on me and they run to the kitchen and they're just amazed and like, oh my gosh, my mom, our mom kicked a hole in the wall. <laughs> the four-year-old looks at me with utter amazement and he says to me, mom, we had no idea how strong <laughs> you were. So, and then to make it worse, I'm thinking, oh no, the pastor's going to be home in a minute, my husband. And what am I going to tell him? So I run up the stairs. I get, this is wallpaper days. I get wallpaper out, run down, clip out the wallpaper, cover it up before Dave even gets home. I'm sure that was teaching my kids a great lesson of hiding, hiding the, what you've just done. Anyway... Dave walks into the door and I'm hoping they forgot about it. But all three sons run to Dave and they say, Dad, you won't believe what mom did. She kicked a <laughs> hole in the wall tonight. And then as if any of you with young kids or older kids or teenage kids know, I go to bed that night and I am plagued with yeah. guilt, mm -hmm. remorse, thinking I'm going to mess up my kids. I've already messed up my kids. Um and I was, and even though I had already apologized to them, I had already asked forgiveness. I'd already asked God's forgiveness, but man, I was plagued and continued to be for years. Right. And I really, I think it's even worse now for moms, that comparison, hmm. the guilt. I mean, we just are plagued and I feel like it's crippling sometimes for us as moms. So there I am 
Not a perfect parent. <laughs> well, and you had talked about in the book and also the conversations you've had with uh, your sons as they've been adults. Do they remember, as adults, do they remember that moment and sort of have, do they see it the same way that you do? That's interesting. Note to parents. I always prayed that my kids would forget all the, you know what I mean? That's a great thing to phrase. Selective that is memory. awesome. Yeah. Please help them to forget all the things that I messed up. On. Um, I would say, I don't know if Cody, I think he remembers it a little bit, the youngest, but the other two remember it. But the thing that CJ, the oldest son, which it was, I felt most remorse about him okay. because I was doing his spelling words and I was afraid that he would connect that with incredible shame. Hmm. And so um, he wrote in the book, like mom used to apologize to us. And then this is what I did later. I wrote an apology note to him and I, the boys would tease me. Oh, here's another letter from mom (laughs) of apology that they'd get in the morning, even though I had already apologized. And it made me, and they said, mom, you didn't have to do that. Why did you keep doing that? Why did you keep beating yourself Hmm. up? And you know, the enemy of our soul, Satan, what's he called? The accuser of the brethren. And I realized, oh, I wish I would have taken my thoughts captive more. Hmm. You know, I wish I wouldn't have gone there and beaten myself up because Jesus isn't beating me up. That's right. The gospel is he already died for my sins. He's already taken that away. And um, our kids didn't hold it against me. They look at back that now and think mom was crazy (laughs) sometimes, but she was a blast the next day. And she was fun and they never felt it was about them. It was about my own thing. Wow, that is powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think, same thing, I'm thinking of times where I've lost my cool, where, you know, I've said some things, done some things that I, same thing, I'm praying that they don't remember. (laughs) So that brings me a lot of hope that maybe A, they won't remember or B, they'll just see it as, you know, actually I remember mom apologizing Mm. versus what she did. So... Exactly. Yeah, I appreciate and that. And it shows if we were perfect parents, our kids wouldn't need Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> Very true. So that's it. Yeah, we're pointing them to Jesus in, in everything. <laughs> yeah, so that was intentional. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's right. It's a spiritual growth right. principle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, Dave, do you have anything to add to that? You know, I, I opened the book with a story that sort of captures my perspective on becoming a dad. I mean, Mm. in some ways it's just this, this moment where I remember talking to an older, an older mom who had kids and grandkids at the time. And she was, um, you know, sort of reflecting on her life. And, you know, it, it started like this all American dream story, you know, married 25 years, her husband was a pilot. They lived in a gated community in New Jersey because he flew out of New York. They had four kids. Five kids, really. She called it four jacks and a queen, so four boys and a and a girl. Mm. And anyway, as she's telling me this story, she gets to get sort of teary as she says at year twenty five, she s- suspected that her husband, now a captain with the airlines, was having an affair. Mm. She literally catches him in the affair by calling the hotel. You know, back in those days, there were no you know people you could hire and video. She just called the hotel and asked the receptionist if Captain Ralph had checked in and. The woman didn't realize he's talking to Captain Ralph's wife and said, yeah, he just went to his room with his wife. So Janice was her name, tells me that she realized um, her husband was indeed having an affair, Mm. only to find out when she confronted him that that was one of multiple affairs. 
And so she divorces him. This is in the early 60s when divorce wasn't that Mm -hmm. common. And she moves to where her parents live, uh, states away, actually in Ohio, because that's the only way she knew how to start a new life as a single mom with two little boys. She had a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. The other kids were in college, didn't you say? And the older kids, the other kids were older, 10 years older. They were in Mm -hmm. college. And so she gets to Ohio, where she finds out several weeks after the move that her youngest son is diagnosed with leukemia. Oh, no. And he dies within two months. Um, So you can imagine, she's telling me the story. She's in tears. Well, I'm crying pretty hard. Because you might have guessed. And if you've read our book, you already know. (laughs) But uh, Janice was my mom. Yeah. And I was the seven-year-old. And Craig, was my little brother. Uh, the five-year-old. In fact, our oldest son, CJ, is named after Craig, not to bring him back, mm. but just mm-hmm. uh, just a tribute right. to him. So I come into you know marriage, never really knowing what a husband did or looked like, because my dad just wasn't that involved in my mm. life. I saw him a couple days or a couple mm-hmm. times uh, a, a year. Um, and then as I become a dad, I can remember looking down at our firstborn CJ and thinking, I have no clue. Right. Uh, and again, not that you have a clue, even if you have a dad, but <laughs> not having a dad, I was just like, what does a dad do? Especially a Christian dad who's trying to raise his family in a, in a, in a godly right. way. I literally was empty. You know, I couldn't even look to Ann's dad, who was my high school baseball coach and I knew him well, but he didn't really raise a Christian family. Mm. So I was like, what do I do? And so one of the things I did as we were starting our church 30 years ago is I started, you know, I'd see a dad with his teenage boys or daughters that were teenagers. Like, I hope my kid is acting like that when mm. they're teenagers. And I take them out to breakfast mm. or lunch and just ask them questions mm. just to learn. Obviously read everything I could, went to every conference I could, but I learned how to be a dad from some of the good dads in yeah. our church. And I tell you, there was, there were some common denominators that every dad said one was they prayed like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when our oldest CJ was born, I, I put it in the book as well. I decided to take Fridays and fast and pray all day mm. for my kids. And I've done it now for 34 years, still doing it. And um, God's honored those prayers mm. in, in many ways. You know, um, even when I did their weddings, you know, as the dad and also the pastor at the wedding, I'm looking at my future daughter-in-law, you know, and they have no idea, but I've been praying yeah. for them before they were even oh, born, precious, you know, asking God to protect them and raise them to be women of God. And I'm standing there in our chapel looking at these girls going, oh, my goodness, this is a dream uh, come true, you know, right. to be able to see God honor that. So that's one thing I would say to moms and dads. I mean, and I know they're desperately praying anyway, but man, oh, man, commit to lifting up your kids every day because you can't do it. Only he can do yeah. it. And even if they're walking away right now or you're worried about the direction they're in Mm -hmm. the best thing you can do there's all kinds of other things you can do and we put as many as we could in the book but the best thing you can do is just lift them up and say god apart from you and a supernatural move by you um this isn't going to turn for the better so we're asking you to do that yeah yeah that's wonderful at the top of the podcast uh as we were introducing your newest book no perfect parents uh, we talked about wanting to unpack the parenting secret that changes everything so would you guys mind uh unpacking that for us well that's a secret so we can't (laughs) tell anybody (laughs) 
But it's all in their book. Just just between us, right? (laughs) Imagine there's no (laughs) one listening in. (laughs) As long as it's just between us, we'll let you know. Um, Actually, the subtitles, the same subtitle we had for Vertical Marriage was The One Secret That'll Change Mm. Your Marriage. And if you guys remember, obviously it isn't really a big secret, but I think in marriage, and it's true in parenting as well, most couples, even Christian church-going couples in marriage often either forget or miss the secret is simple. It's like your spouse is never going to complete you, even though Jerry Maguire says it's going to happen. <laughs> right. They don't, they don't complete you. And, and that doesn't mean they're, you know, it can be a wonderful marriage, but we know. And, you know, as a pastor, I preach this all the time and I wasn't living it, that going vertical means you're only going to find happiness in life in your vertical relationship mm-hmm. with Christ. That was the secret. Mm-hmm. You know, the bachelor and the bachelorette, it doesn't work. You can try to find the one, and even after you find the perfect guy or the perfect girl, it just doesn't seem to satisfy. And it's because you're looking in the wrong place. Right. You got to look vertical. The same thing in some ways is true about parenting. Uh, we we thought this way. Most parents never ask a critical question, which I think leads to the secret. And the critical question is this. What are we trying to raise? Mm-hmm. What what are we hoping our son or daughter, whether they're two or five or 15, what are they going to be when they're 25, when they're 30, 35? What kind of adult are they going to be? And I don't think a lot of parents even ask that question. And if they do, I think often the answer is just not good enough. Yeah. I think often we just go, man, you know, and we've asked parents this, this mm-hmm. question. They look at you first like, oh, wow, we've never even talked about right. that. Okay, let's talk about it now. What, what are you hoping they'll be? And they say things like, you know, successful and happy and well-rounded and some even say popular. And then you just, you know, if you peel back each Mm -hmm. one of those, you go, okay, what's success? Mm. Right. Do you really want your high school to be popular at that high school? You know, it's just like some of these things you peel back and you're like, wow, that bar is just, it's nice. And there's nothing wrong with any Mm -hmm. of those things. Well, they're all good. It's not a high enough bar. You want your kids to be happy. But then the next question is, what brings them true happiness? You know, what is it that's going to bring contentment to their soul? Mm. Because a lot of times we think that they marry the right person, that they get the right job, that they're successful. And, they, and but they, we're saying those are all good, but they're not good mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. And, and we know, you know, if you think, okay, successful, it's like you can gain the whole world and lose that's your right. soul. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so as you think, think through that, I think the secret lies in, okay, I think most parents would, with they peeled it back and said, okay, what are we really hoping for? It's about character. Yeah. It's about the kind of person they are. Of, of course, we want them to be successful and have a good job and be happy. But at the end of the day, I think we're thinking, what kind of person are they? Mm-hmm. And so we encourage people in the book to, uh, or parents in the book to say, okay, let's, let's write this down. Yeah. You know, let's have a conversation uh, and decide what are we shooting for? Especially if you got little kids, this is the time mm-hmm. to do it. Because we all know this in a business, in a church, you're a pastor in a church. If you don't know what your goal mm-hmm. is, you don't know how to exactly. get there. And you don't get there. You get there, you get nowhere, yeah. basically. Well, it's the old adage, if you aim at nothing, you'll yeah, get there. Yeah, that's right. And by the way, just so you know, when you if somebody did ask our kids, they're like, I don't know what they're, you know, it's a mission statement. I don't know. But we did know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, not, kids, the kids don't need to yeah, know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It isn't something you have to have them memorize. I mean, uh, our adult kids couldn't tell you today. They'd be like, yeah, it was something like this. But we put it in the book, the Wilson bullseye. We call it a bullseye. Mm-hmm. Like on, the, on the cover of the book yeah. is, you know, arrows missing mm-hmm. a bullseye, which comes from 
Psalm 127, which says, you know, the uh, blessed is the man who has a quiver full of arrows or children. Right. And when you think about arrows, and I'm not an archer, um, you shoot at something. You don't just hold them. That's right. Yeah. You know, I, I was an old quarterback. You don't just throw a ball. You're throwing it at a target mm-hmm. with specific aim and direction. So the same thing's true about our parenting with our kids. It's like, what are we launching them toward? And again, if you don't know, then anything will happen. But if you do know, every leader knows this. Once you know the target, you now know, I need a strategy to hit that target. So that's where you go back through. Even in our book, we said, okay, so if that's the target, Mm -hmm. what's that mean for toddlers? Mm -hmm. What's that mean for teenagers? And again, we're not sitting here again. That's why we call it No Perfect Parents. We did not do this perfectly. We messed it up every single mm -hmm. day. (laughs) Just ask our kids. But you got to know what the target yeah. is. Yeah, I was going to say on the cover of the book, there is a target and there's about 10 arrows, <laughs> but there's only two that have actually. <laughs> yeah. And we were like two for 10. <laughs> well, I love what y'all are sharing about the goal and what, you know, the target is. And then also encouraging parents of young ones, even though I know it can be so overwhelming of like, what? I need to ask this question. They're not even walking yet. <laughs> This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At BOW, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So, whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Well, all you're trying to do at that point when your kids are little, you're like, Survival. thank you, Jesus, I made it <laughs> yes, through the day. Exactly. And they're and all actually, alive. Like, we're still yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then in your in the book, y'all, if, um, Podcast Family, if you haven't read it, they do, Dave and Ann, do just such a wonderful job of breaking down the stages. And uh, we would love for you to share with our podcast family, maybe one piece of advice about each stage, because I think you just really selected just the right ages Mm -hmm. and you have so much wisdom Mm -hmm. as you've walked through and now you have adult children. So how about we start with the first one, which is walking through the valley of the shadow, the discipline stage, which you say is uh, (laughs) ages one through five. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny when when our publisher, you know, went through our manuscript and sent us back, they had the that stage. I think their title was like the toddler years. How wonderful. And I'm like, can I change that title? <laughs> Let's be real. Not many parents remember it as wonderful, <laughs> so, although it is wonderful. When you're in it, you can't always yeah, that's, that's right. what I said. But, you know, Very walking true. through the valley of the shadow of death, they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Because that. everybody else understands. So that's yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they're in it right now. There's snot everywhere. There's poop. There's pee. You know, mm-hmm. you name it. 
it's just crazy. That's trying to get them to bed. I mean, we're watching our grandkids. I mean, our kids with their, our grandkids. Yeah. I mean, our, our son in Denver, when we zoom call with him or FaceTime, they have four kids under five. Yeah. It's absolute <laughs> pandemonium yeah. every second. Yeah. They're running around. Kids are yelling. They're grabbing the phone and we're there, you know, even in their bedroom. I think we might've said something in, no, I don't know where we said it. Uh, in the vertical marriage book, we referenced it in their bedroom is a little tyke slide on top of their bed <laughs> you know, with pillows at the bottom. You're like, that's the parents of toddlers. Yeah. You know, their bedroom's not even sacred. <laughs> you put a lock on your door so you can have five minutes of privacy. And that doesn't even work because yeah. they're, yeah, that's right. they're putting like, their hands underneath. What yep. are you doing? <laughs> it's very true. Yeah, so, so I mean, I think the easiest way to sort of walk you through the stages is um, if you look, and again, we just put our bullseye mm-hmm. in there, sort of our mission statement, not to say this should be anybody else's, but to give people a chance to go, oh, so that's the Wilsons. Right. Let's go write our own, you know, be creative and think it. And so ours was this simple, and each one sort of hits a mm-hmm. stage. Like the first part is train and launch L3 warriors. I'll just stop there. Yeah. Uh, the, the zero to five, we call it the discipline stage and five to 12, we call the training mm-hmm. stage. Those first 12 years. And again, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here like I'm some expert, but well, it's like, they're, they're sort of the training and discipline years, uh, that are critical. The first 12 years are really, really right. important. And we usually think that we have 18 years with our kids in our under our roofs. Which, by the way, is 936 weeks. Think about that. <laughs> well, when you say it that way. That's how many weeks you have. Wow. All I remember was thinking when our kids were born, I'm never going to get to sleep in again. That's all I thought. <laughs> yep. But, uh, somebody, oh, you want to hear a funny wait, story? Wait, wait. Somebody explained <laughs> it to me as like there's a window, you know, a window of opportunity and the ages are really zero to 12, where your voice is the loudest mm. voice. And you guys have probably heard this because that window starts to close right. the closer they get to 13. And it's not that you don't still have influence. It's just now they're looking to the outer world, their friends, their peers, the, the world and culture for what's going on and their opinions and values. But those first 12 years, it's all us. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me think like, oh, I want to lock into those first 12 years, especially and really be voicing our values, our morals, our thoughts, our dream for our family. Jesus, this is all like, this is what Jesus means to me, our family. But what were you going to say? You know, it's it's really the discipline training stage, but it's really hard because yeah. hmm. what Ann said, you're just, you're trying to just survive. And at the same time, you're like, how do we get moments to train discipline uh, when they're five, when they're six. Mm-hmm. And well, you let's got do the very first one. Two or three. Yeah, we'll do it. I mean, what Ann just said made me think of a crazy funny story. We're getting ready to do a parenting series at our church. And so uh, often each campus has their own teaching pastor. But on this series, they said, hey, for the kickoff of the first week, we want you and Ann just on video everywhere. Okay. So we have a Saturday night service at one of our campuses. So we just give that live and they film it. And so they said, you know, do a good job. We're not going to edit. Just do it. So I'm super like, okay, we got to make sure we do this well, because we're not even going to be here tomorrow and blah, blah, blah. And so Anne looks at me at the beginning of the message and she says, so what do you remember about the toddler years? What, what comes to your mind? And I had in my notes written, I remember thinking I'll never get another nap, you know, because you never get to take a nap because right. it's just chaos. Yeah. So we looked down, and for some reason, I want to make sure I say this right. Just, just so you know, moms really never get to take naps. <laughs> yeah, even after. <laughs> even after. 
Yep. So I looked out of my notes and here's what comes out of my mouth. I said, I remember thinking I'll never take another crap. The rest of my life. <laughs> and everybody just starts laughing. And I'll never forget. I look back at the video team. I'm like, you edit that. Do not put that out tomorrow. Of course, they put it out tomorrow. And I'm still getting texts from buddies like, hey, have you taken a crap? <laughs> oh, man. That's incredible. The thing is, those years, you do feel like yeah. that. So to even think about discipline, but uh, maybe you know Ephesians 6 4 says, you know, to parents, uh, raise your children in the instruction and discipline of the mm-hmm. Lord. So there's a pretty good, you know, example there is like, that's our job in those early first 12 years. It never ends, but the first 12 years are critical because I think it's easy to think, well, that's the church's job. Mm-hmm. They're going to do the Lord stuff. Uh, I'm going to get my kid in a Christian school. They're going to do that. And again, those are great. And the, and the church and the Christian school hopefully partner. Yeah. But I don't think we should ever forget. No, 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 no. That's not their job. That's our yeah. job. Right. And so it's our job to, and Anne was a, she was a genius at this, inputting the word of God. Every, back then, cassette tape, CDs that we could play and utilize as a mm-hmm. tool at bedtime. I mean, she was great at season bedtime, dinner time, and car time. Yeah. Well, that's what I say. I think the toddler years, those beginning beginning years, it really is, it, it feels like a survival yeah. stage. But I think for me, what I learned and I was frustrated with that stage was like, I don't know how I get Jesus time anymore. Yeah. My kids are up before the sun is up. You know, I'm exhausted when I go to bed. And so I had to figure out like, Lord, how do I get, it felt like such a dry desert time yeah. for me spiritually. And so I remember thinking, I need to figure this out, Lord. And so even in Deuteronomy 6, when Moses is saying, um, to train up a child in the way he should go when he's old, he won't depart. That's not Deuteronomy 6. But then the Shema is love the Lord your mm-hmm. God with all your heart strength. But then it says, talk about yeah, him that's right. when you walk along right. the way, when you sit down, when you lie down, when you wake up. And so I remember thinking, that's how I'm going to do my walk with God in these early days. I can remember putting my kids in car seats and just praying out loud as soon as I'd strap them in, Lord, we give you this day, pray for protection. Mm-hmm. And I would start praying out loud in my car all the time. That started when they were toddlers and it never ended. And when I was doing the wash, you know, you were doing your wash. Sometimes you have your baby on your back, on your front. (laughs) They're in their little jumpy seat there, but I'm doing laundry. And I thought, okay, as I do laundry and I'm folding clothes, I'm going to pray out loud and pray for whoever I'm praying, whoever's clothes I'm folding. That's wonderful. When I'm at the kitchen and moms are always doing dishes at the sink. And so I started confessing. Mm sin and like, or frustration. And I had Bibles everywhere. And I had one in the car. I had one by Mm -hmm. the, by the table. I had one in the bathroom because I realized, oh, I need to input Mm -hmm. constantly. I'm feeling so dry, so alone. I feel unseen. And there was just something really sweet about connecting with God everywhere and doing it out loud so that it would be, I wanted my kids to know, I know I'm failing but this relationship that I have with Jesus, I want you to see it because he's my life. Right. He's my everything. And I want him to be yours as yeah. well. So those beginning year, I felt like, honestly, zero to five, half the time I was surviving. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really was. I remember one of our uh, sons went on a mission trip in college and he told us a story. They were in Chicago or somewhere walking and praying out loud about God using them. It was an ambulance that went by. And they yeah. Prayed. Anyway, one of the girls said, wow, I've never 
prayed out loud like this. This was so mm. cool. And Cody just thought, wow, this was every day in my uh, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it hit him how unique that was, that it wasn't everybody's house. And again, we're not saying, hey, look at us. She's just saying, man, that's one way to train and instruct mm-hmm. your children in those early yeah, years. And again, and my prayers aren't always Jesus, everything is perfect. My sometimes living in Michigan, like Lord, what is up with five days in a row of no sense? Like we're dying, Lord Jesus. We need something going on here. Or Lord, I feel so frustrated today. Or Lord, I feel angry today. So that they see it's a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Like He's my best friend. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's good. Um, And then when you we get into the uh, those minivan Mm -hmm. days, this like. I feel like you guys are in this sweet spot with your kids. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books, available wherever books are sold. It's those years where you feel like you're in a van or a car constantly because you're all over yeah. the place except when you yeah. open it. <laughs> and these were the years we decided, like, if we're talking about what are we trying to create even in our homes, and we decided, like, let's create a place. And this is based on who I am. Like, Dave and I, if you've ever done the Enneagram, we're both sevens. Oh, okay. We're both <laughs> threes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> I can be, a, I can, that three for me is pretty high too. So I can get into that achiever. Yeah. What are we going to accomplish today? But uh, there's a part of me that I thought, okay, God, how have you made me? What are my gifts, my strengths, my passions? Because I got into a bad point in these, tra- these years of minivan days. I started comparing myself a lot mm. to other moms. And I'd see them and our one friends who we started the church with, they were always listening to classic literature <laughs> with their kids. And their kids are like five. I'm like, you know, we're like doing rock stuff. And I'm thinking, we are going to raise the dumbest people on the planet. That's what we're doing. And then my other friend, she was just super chill and like laid back. And I'm pretty intense. So I just kept thinking, oh, my kids should have her as a mom hmm. and my kids would really benefit from, from, and you guys, we can do this on social media, like yeah, that's yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. And so I remember asking God, God, who am I? Mm. And you have put these kids under my roof on purpose. You didn't want Callie to be their mom. I'm supposed to mm-hmm. be their mom. I must have something in me to offer mm. them. And so those were good questions for being at their identity yeah. questions. And what do I have, God, that I can give them? And so that really, and Dave too, Dave's, Dave, you know, it became this joke where, okay, we're, we like to have fun. We like to create memories. Mm -hmm. And so we would have every kid in the neighborhood at our house (laughs) and they would knock on the door and ask if Mr. and Mrs. Wilson could come out and play. (laughs) And the kids would be a bonus too. But I'm seeing again, that's just who we are. And so I think it's good for parents to say who, who am I? Yeah. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. but, I mean, for sure, we were hoping to create a house that would be a magnet, mm-hmm. 
that our kids would want to come home to, especially when they're teenagers yeah. and the neighborhood kids would want to be mm-hmm. here and joy creates a magnet. Yeah. You know? So that's sort of something we tried to bring. And, and, and that's not always easy when you're exhausted. Very true. And maybe you're yelling at each other because of the kids or you can blame it on the kids, but you're still yelling at each other. Um, but it's fighting through that to create a haven. Yeah. They create a home that's a haven. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's those minivan days, right? That training stage of mm-hmm. five to 12. How about that next stage on target with teens, the coaching stage of 12 to 18? Yeah. What advice would you have for parents? I, you, in that I think for us, it's one of our favorite, if yeah. not the favorite. We loved stage. all the phases. They're hard and easy things about each phase. But we kind of love the teenage years. And, we, and you know, I was afraid of those years, like many parents thinking, oh, my goodness, they're going to rebel. They're going to make really bad decisions. And we're not sitting here saying we love those years because they were perfect, because they mm-hmm. weren't. They did make bad decisions and regrettable decisions. But for me, at least, I know Ann feels the same way. They're, it's almost adult to adult. They're really becoming adults. Right. And... um we called it the years of list, of sitting in the question mm. because before they come home and say, hey, our friends are going to this movie. Can we go? And before they're 13, if they're zero to 12, you're like, no, this that movie's not appropriate. But then things, the conversation switches as teenagers. Instead of just coming and saying no, you're wanting them to start learning how to make decisions for themselves. Right. And so we would know the answer is going to be no, but we didn't mm. say it. And so we'd say things like, well, let's talk about it. Mm. Like, tell us about the movie. What do you think about it? You know, is that something that you think would be beneficial? And so we learn to live that. And that's why it's so fun. Mm. You've been pouring into them for 12 years. Let's see now what your thought process is on some of Mm, these things. That's good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things we learned, and I think it's, uh, it sounds easy and simple, but I think a lot of parents forget when your kids are hitting 13, 14, maybe even 12 if they're early, earlier in puberty is there, uh, Shanti Feldhahn says in a book for parents only, she does a whole study of parenting year or teenage mm-hmm. years. She interviews teens and basically says, here's what they told me. Uh, Shanti says they are addicted to something when they're teenagers. Mm. They are addicted. You know what she says? They're addicted to freedom hmm. because yeah. they're becoming right. adults yeah. and they're tasting some freedom and it's like exciting to them. Yeah. And so parents, I think, t- sometimes freak out when they start pulling away. Like, hey, can you drop me off a mile from school? I don't want anybody to see you, you know, that type deal. <laughs> right. um, they, you know, and a lot of parents, when that starts to happen, we sort of pull back because they're pulling away mm. rather than going, wait, wait, wait. That's totally normal. Right. They should be pulling yeah. away. They will question uh, the things we've been saying for years. Uh, we should, and we put in the book, there's three things I think is really critical for to do in the teenage years. And the first one is pursue, pursue, pursue. Mm-hmm. Don't stop pursuing them just because they're pulling right. away. Figure out creative ways to still, because the key, and again, we sound like experts, right? Like we know everything. We don't. But the key to the teenage years is relationship. Yeah. You got to cultivate that relationship. And if you don't, they're going to pull away because they should. Mm-hmm. And their relationship could be uh, 100% with their friends. And so you got to figure out ways to pursue them and spend time with them and keep that relationship going. Because the other thing that teenagers say about their parents, number one complaint is my parents don't listen. Yeah. And probably it's true. You know, they start to say something, you cut them off like, no, no, that's, that's dumb. You're not going to think like that. It's like, no, no. Like Ann said, live in the question. Mm-hmm. Ask them, well, why do you think that? And listen. And that builds a relationship. So we put it in the book, pursue, 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 yeah. listen, listen, mm-hmm. listen. 
And then the last one we put in that chapter was model, 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 because they're not listening so much anymore. They're watching. Yeah, very true. You know, and you can talk all you want about a relationship with God. If it's not seen and real in your Mm -hmm. life, and we all know this, you can't give away what you don't first possess. And if if it isn't here, you can say anything you want about the Bible is really important. They never see you reading it or knowing Mm it uh, or quoting it. And I'm not saying go around quoting the Bible, but living out the truth of the word, if it's just a Sunday thing or a youth group thing, and they're not seeing it in mom and dad, it's not going to stick That's as right. well. So those are key in those years. Yeah. yeah. I would say don't get your feelings hurt in those years. Say <laughs> the roughest stuff. Right. And I will say we were at this big church gathering. This is awful. With a bunch of parents and kids, a big potluck thing. And we were getting ready to pray. There's probably 10 15 adults and 30 kids and there's silence in the room and we can hear somebody 14 year old boys say this food looks like crap <laughs> and it was our son <laughs> says that in front of everybody and of course i am like oh and what do we worry about as parents we worry whatever yeah, else exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. So then he makes this other big scene when I ask him to carry his brother out to the car because he only had ice skates, his little brother. I said, hey, just put Cody on your back. And then he huffs and puffs for everybody to hear very dramatically. I have to do everything around here. So you guys, he goes out to the car and I'm right behind him like, oh, you were in so much trouble. That was so disrespectful. And, you know, I'm just going on and on. And he's puts his little brother into the car. And as he's doing that, he's kind of off balance. And I look and see this big snow drift by him. And I just nudge my shoulder and he falls into this snow bank. Cause I push him into it. And then I get in the car and I lock all the doors. <laughs> and I'm like, and you know, he's banging on the window. Dad! And Dave comes out. He's like, I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> of course, that's when I said, I will never speak on parenting. <laughs> writing a book but you can be super hard on yourself and i'm just gonna say you do things and say things that you regret later and so do our kids but to not give up i love that i think that god's put us in those homes yeah seek after jesus because he loves us and them more than we can imagine well david and i mean this has been so wonderful and uh just all the stories i mean this is just the best (laughs) you guys are fantastic And you know what? We're getting to the end of our time together, and there is one more stage uh, we're not going to have time to get to. That's that friendship stage of 18 and over. But if you want to dig into that stage and learn more about what Dave and Ann have to say, just to, I know you guys keep on saying you're not experts, but man, y'all have so much wisdom, yeah. so much wisdom that is in this book, No Perfect Parents. So podcast family, if you haven't yet picked it up, be sure to do that. Uh, and they're great stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) So uh, just to wrap things up, we would love for you just to share uh, some advice you would have for parents who are feeling lost or hopeless, Uh, especially right now in their parenting journey because of COVID, through COVID, uh, just the ones that are really feeling lost and hopeless. What word of encouragement would you have for them? I mean, my first thought was um, get on your knees Mm. before Jesus and surrender everything to him and um, cry out for your kid's sake and your sake as well. He loves you. He hears you. Um, 
I know that our kids are always struggling too. And as a, from a mom's heart, when my kids struggle, I'm struggling mm. and it just, it just really affects me. And so I would say also to speak life into mm. your kids and to try to listen to what God, like I try to listen sometimes and I say, God, show me the greatness in Dave. Show me the greatness in our kids yeah. and then help me to speak that out and show them. And it's hard to do when your eyes are on yourself. And so I'm like, Jesus, you need to get my eyes off of myself because it's easy to do in this time. It feels fearful. It's confusing. It feels very anxiety driven and ridden. And so I would say those things. Speak life to yourself too. Like say the things that God would say to them because don't let the enemy is always looking for a little crack. You know, he seeks to only kill, steal, Mm -hmm. and destroy. So listen to the Father who brings life and gives it abundantly. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I would just add um, that speak life, Proverbs eighteen twenty one. life and death is in the power yeah. of the tongue, is critical for parents. But I would also say, you know, if your kids are doing great, don't take all the credit. If they're not doing well, don't take the blame. Mm. It's, it's really God's job to raise our kids. And we are imperfect parents. He is perfect. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll share this. We had a, a good friend in our men's small group and Anne's women's small group, a couple who almost lost their marriage to an affair. Mm. And the first time we met with them after the affair, I got in the car and said to Anne on the way home, even God can't save this marriage, which I should have never said. That's like blasphemy mm. to say God can't do something. But as I looked at the, them and where they were, I thought, there's no hope. There's no way. Guess what? God saved wow. that marriage. I mean, it was a lot of yeah. work and separation and brokenness, but God still raises people from the dead and he raises marriages from the dead. Hmm. And I would just say to the parent that's struggling and sees no hope, God can do a that's miracle. Right. You can't. So like Ann said, all, you, all we can do as parents is get on our knees and say, God, we've tried. We did everything we could. We thought we did the best and look where they are right now. We 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 have no hope, and God says, "Trust yeah. me, I got mm-hmm. it. I can do something. It may happen this year, it may not happen for yeah. ten years. I don't know. Only God knows." But at the end of the day, I hope a, a parent that's struggling could lay their head on the pillow and say, "I lifted him hmm. up to God. He's the only one that can do it. I can't." And so I'm asking him for a miracle. Wow. Oh, Dave and Anne, thank you so much for speaking life and wisdom and love into us and our podcast family. We just so appreciate everything that you've shared with us that we've, uh, you know, had a great time laughing and learning from you as your self-proclaimed, not a perfect parent, but we do appreciate (laughs) you sharing and being vulnerable with us in your journey as parents into launching our kids into the world. So we'd love if you would share with us and our podcast family, um, where's the best place to find you on socials or if people want to pick up a book, find out more about the information and uh, the resources that you have, where can, where can we point them to? Just put our names together, Dave and Wilson, just one word in, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Dave and Wilson, our website's daveannwilson.com. And we're on uh, a radio podcast through Family Life called Family Life Today. Every day. So it's on stations around the around the awesome. country at different times in different cities. But you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Family Life's app and just listen to the and we interview couples like you guys, mm-hmm. experts, authors in the area of marriage and family. It's all we that's all we do. Yeah. And so that's how we try to And you can to help find people. our books on, on Amazon. Or, or anywhere. Yeah. 
Awesome. We don't know where they are. Wherever they are, <laughs> wherever you get your books, yeah, wherever wherever Just books are sold, water. right? So, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. That's Available are. on hey, you guys, Kindle too. For all you're doing too. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate no. you. As it's well. a joy to yeah, journey together. Yeah, it so, is. Thank you. Anytime, just call us up and we'll join you. Anytime. Oh, thank you, guys. Wonderful. Now, didn't you love the way that they shared advice about each of those stages? Mm-hmm. And I loved just the practical stories that really exemplified those stages. I was laughing as she was talking about the, you know, kicking the hole in the wall. <laughs> and y'all, I don't know if, I mean, if you can see their picture, like she's tiny, yeah. she's little one. So <laughs> there was a lot of gusto that went oh, in yeah. that kicking of the wall. Yes, yes. I mean, that reminded me of the time I kicked a hole in the wall when I was a teenager. Ah. <laughs> yes. Did was, you cover it with wallpaper? Uh, no, I did it right in front of my mom's eyes. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I still remember it today. <laughs> but the fact that her kids were like, Dad, Dad, look what Mom did! Yeah. After she tried to cover up, was just priceless. Oh, children are the best truth tellers, aren't yes. they? So About you, other people's business. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So if you want to help make someone's day and just help spread the joy and make another parent laugh, we would be honored if you would share this episode with them. It's super easy. All you got to do is hit the share button on your favorite podcasting app or just text them the link in between.org slash episode 141. And not only will they get a link directly to this episode, but they'll see the show notes and all the other the links related resources and their books. And, and yeah, exactly. all that. They have a lot of stuff out there, which we truly appreciate. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast as well so that you will have all of these amazing parenting and marriage tools coming right to you week after week. You don't even have to think about it. You just subscribe and it drops in. It comes to you, y'all. You don't even have to go to it. It comes to you. And the best part, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen into our podcast. We really do appreciate you and consider you our podcast fam. So if you're not connected with us on social media as well, that's probably the best way just to uh, connect with us and talk with us and, yeah. and allow this just to be a two-way conversation. So in between show on all the platforms is our handle. All right. Thanks again for listening in and we'll catch you next time.